For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pit Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. Hello and again, now, everybody. This is Pit Pass Radio. So excited to get on the mic, and I couldn't even help it, but i got to tell you, we are happy to be on the air. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Scott Casper, uh, Tony Wink, P.J. Duran, Roman Avila with yet another week off. Ed Camp preparing the script as always. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson contributing to the program as always. Jack and Leanne DeLeon producing this program both online and terrestrial as well. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Leanne. Tony, who are the guests on the program before we get to breaking news? We're going to start with Jared Meese, who is on the phone waiting for us to talk with him. Also, uh, big news out of AFT, so it'll be interesting to talk to Jared Mees. Also, um, Davis Fisher, who's an AMA Pro Fly Track racer, uh, won the GNC2 championship in 15, so he he joined uh, Richie Morris Racing in 2018 and finished season in ninth place. Three top five finishes in the year, and, and uh, including a fourth-place finish at the Springfield Mile, which I uh, was at that race, too. So uh, I was less involved. I was more of the watching than the racing, which is much different. But uh, Davis Fisher is going to be on. <laughs> also, Ted Weirbach, Weirbach Racing. Sure. Uh, of course, very famous name there in, in uh, flat track. Josh Hayes is going to be on hour number two, who is a multi-time AMA Superbike champion, and uh, as is Andy Debrino, who is, uh, he won the Super Hooligan National Championship, which is wildly popular. Um, so uh, he, he also has raced uh, the AFT singles at the Buffalo Chip, and uh, he's a uh, pretty, pretty very talented rider. So we've got a pretty good uh, – lot of fly track and um, a road racer that's probably and, and, you know, right, good right, at flat tracking. Right now I think talking about flat track is not a bad idea given all the heat that's behind it right now, a lot of success. It's uh, garnering a lot of attention across uh, across the industry. Let's go to uh, P.J. Duran for breaking news. P.J.? Well, the biggest of the breaking news is, although not 100% official, it looks as though Josh Heron either has or will be signing a two-year deal with Yoshimura to be partnered with Tony Elias on the Yosh Moto America team. The other far more sad news is the untimely demise of the Tenkati team in World Superbike and their partnership with Honda. They have been... A uh, long-standing uh, team and a quality team within the World Superbike paddock, and they have unfortunately announced bankruptcy and no longer will be partnering with Honda, which leaves a huge hole in the World Superbike paddock, I have to believe, for next year. It'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll we'll keep you up to date on this program. Of course, we talked with Danny Walker and uh, the demise of uh, his relationship with Honda, and I talked to Danny just earlier this week. Um, actually, it was late last week, and uh, he said, well, don't be surprised that there's other news to follow and uh, that leaves me scratching my head just a bit 
Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see any good news in regards to the Road Racing Factory, as they have also announced that they will not be racing in this upcoming Moto America 2019 season. I wonder if, how, how this relates to sales and uh interest in the product line I'm that just... is a good question for bigger brains than mine i mm. think scott all right uh, also as announced earlier this year the honda's hrc had landed a deal with kobe bryant's art of sport a brand new body care uh, products line for athletes that includes both deodorant deodorant and soap well it was released uh, recently that ken roxon posted on instagram that he's partnered with clinique for men on the launch of the brand new super energizer skincare collection are we seeing the dawn of a new age of product from outside the industry coming inside to attack it uh, well in a different way pj your thoughts i I think so tony you probably got some insight i mean we've seen some other outside industry people broster chicken being one of them unfortunately we're just talking about their that team going away Hmm. i i think that the uh, motorcycle industry racing in general can't get their head out of their ass and i don't think that they're going to uh i don't think this is any big deal i think that um that uh this is the handiwork of a very good um uh, talent uh, agent right. for Ken Rocks, and that he brought a deal together with with HRC. And as ma- as badly as I wish to uh, to agree with what you're saying, Scott, I, I wish that was the truth, but I, I don't think it is. I, well, I think two in a row. You see it as a one off for uh, it's just, for a supermodel of a guy. I mean, you see, he is good looking. I'm, wow, there it is. I wish I, but, I wish he was me, here. I could me, tell him in person. Let me tell you what what is glaringly evident and nobody's talking about for the most part. And that is Ken Roxon was one of those that adopted early the idea of social media as being a, a powerful tool. Ken Roxon with about a million two hundred thousand followers. And that's perhaps one of the things that makes the brand that is Ken Roxon so interesting to the brands outside of traditional motorcycle racing of any kind. Agree or disagree? Absolutely agree. I mean, the man obviously knows how to market himself, which makes it easier to sell him to any uh, potential sponsor. He's not my type, but I will say this, that all the girls around the campfire Mm -hmm. at my racetrack at night, they get giggly over Ken Roxon. And in closing with this topic, I will just read his most recent uh, uh, Instagram post, and it said, Ken Roxon94, amped to partner with Clinique for Men on the launch of their new Super Energizer skincare collection. You can check it out at hashtag Clinique, Clinique for Men and Super Energizer, hashtag Super Energizer. All right, with that, let's go to Jared Mees, our very first guest on this particular program. Jared, how are you? Good, guys. How you guys doing? Good. You've been around the industry for years and years and years, uh, well-schooled on the art of selling yourself and your accomplishments to, to potential sponsors of all kinds. What are your thoughts on what Ken Roxon has done and, and what uh, Honda HRC has done uh, as far as going outside the industry and, and landing people like Kobe Bryant's Art of Sport uh, uh, designer fragrance and, and, and deodorant and soap lines? What are your thoughts? <clears throat> I mean, I think it's awesome that, uh, you know, you're, right now in the motorcycle industry, it's, uh, it's hurting. I mean, I think everybody knows that. You look at the stock of, you know, Harley-Davidson and the stock of, you know, a lot of motorcycle industry and just knowing everybody inside the motorcycle industry and where sales are at. And, you know, uh, it was unfortunate what happened to the MAG group earlier this year. Right. You know, with sales and and whatnot, like I said, are are down. So I think anytime you can bring outside industry sponsorship into motorcycle industry is is a benefit, and it makes more brand awareness. And 
I think it's awesome. I mean, however way you can get it done, you get it done. And uh, it's good to see that they brought somebody uh, outside the industry inside of it. So hopefully it opens more doors. I mean, hopefully other skincare companies look at it and want to go and partner with somebody that's a competitor of theirs and kind of opens the door like that. So um, that's kind of what happened with the energy drink companies years ago. And now, you know, a lot of big teams are are accompanied by uh, energy drinks. So, you know, maybe, maybe the next thing's going to be skin cream. I don't know. Hey, we get we get Avon in there. I say you give him the first phone call, Jared. You're the you're you're a longstanding uh, number one finisher. That'd be your guy, Jared Meese. I was thinking CoverGirl. Even better. <laughs> maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. What about Charlie? There's a kind of da, 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 that's so Jared, the Charlie. big the big news uh, of late in AFT um, certainly is. I would say some of the bigger news. Your two new teammates, the brothers Bauman. What do you think? And uh, you stoked to have uh, some fresh, or let's say fresher, younger blood on the team? Yeah, I am. Uh, Briar and I have been pretty tight over the last few years. He's uh, come. To, he came down last winter to Florida here and trained with me through the winter. And uh, you know, he's kind of been kind of been like a little younger brother of my of, for me anyway. You know, someone that uh, try to mentor and give good advice to and kind of bouncing things off of. And you know, he killed it pretty pretty much from the second part of this of, of 2018 on. And then his brother, uh, Bronson, filled in for uh, Brad Baker when Brad was injured. So, um, you know, I think when it came time to picking a couple riders, I think, no doubt, it was going to be hard to not pick Briar Bauman just because of uh, him being young and how good he did at the end of the year. And, you know, he was he was really strong. And then his, his brother filled in and did a, and a, a great job for Indian Motorcycle and uh, the brand. So... I think it's a good fit. Um, you know, I think for Indian, it's awesome because they picked two younger guys and, and uh, you know, could possibly have a really good, long, consistent future with them. So I think it's good. I don't want to th- let this interview get away with us without congratulating you right. on an incredible season. Again. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Does it ever get old? Jared, you're the man, by the way. <laughs> you are the man. <laughs> no doubt no, about it. It never gets old. It never gets old. Uh, it never gets old being you know, winning and, and doing well and uh being number one. And being number one, yeah, exactly. Never gets old. I mean it's what we train hard <laughs> to do and that's what we focus on. So uh never never gets old being successful. Ten wins, fifteen podium finishes. Tony, that's more than you have in your entire career. <laughs> well in the AFT it is. Yeah, actually last year we were seventeen podiums and ten wins, but uh the domination at the beginning of the year this year was a lot stronger than last year. Last year, we were a little stronger on the second half. You know, season for season, they were very, very similar and close. Uh, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, I felt we definitely clinched the championship a lot earlier this year than last year. So I guess at the end of the day, this year was a little bit more successful. Jared, uh, without hopefully getting... Uh anyone's uh back up too much the other big news from aft certainly in the past week or two has been the announcement of the 2019 racing regulations oh yeah um we discussed them briefly last week uh, i think we tony and i had some uh counterpoints but in the long run or in the short run let's say aft in my estimation hopefully this is fair has done nothing to slow down Indian the progress or the work that you guys have done. What they have done and is essentially a fact is they've opened up some uh, 
competition standards for competitors of Indian that are not directly applicable to Indian. Uh, I, I assume you have feelings on this, and the question is, how strong are they? Do you see this as a big handicap? I can't imagine you do. You guys are are the class of the field currently, and I know your program will be as good as it's ever been. Yeah, I mean, like you said, trying not to suck up the whole clock on, on this. Um, basically, the way American Flat Track did it was essentially, okay, we're going to leave the Indian motorcycle alone but then we're going to allow everybody else to go uh, up to 900 cc's in engine displacement and up to 40 millimeters in throttle body size, which is basically a plus two millimeter. Um, so it kind of was a, a little bit of a double whammy before the way the rules were wrote, which doesn't really make any sense, is this: if your motorcycle started underneath 750 cc, it had to remain maximum of 750 cc. For example, if you ran a 650 Kawasaki, you could take up the take it up to a 750, but that was the max. If your motorcycle started at 751, you were allowed to bore and stroke it from 751 all the way up to a thousand. So it really didn't make any sense. So now they tried to make it a little bit more sense, where everybody's allowed to run a 900. And everybody's allowed to run a forty millimeter throttle body, but the Indian. And so, that, to be to just add a little more clarity for our listeners, we did discuss this specifically. The difference is AFT saying if that motor started life as a street legal road going machine, you get these two concessions that you're talking about, correct, Jared? Whereas a race developed machine does not get those concessions. Yes, correct. And there was also a race-only engine that was on the list in 2018 that had aftermarket pieces that made it a race-only engine. It was aftermarket pieces that were put on a production engine and was considered race-only engine. That engine, from what I was told, is now being granted production engine and is allowed now to go to 900 and 40 millimeter throttle bodies. Basically, this engine last year was a race engine, and now this engine's a production engine, just basically because we're making that rule. That's it. Boom, done. That's another thing that right now is on the political mm-hmm. side of things. It's a little on the screwed up side is okay, how does one year it be called the race only engine, and then the next year it's automatically a production engine? Why? How? So that's what everybody's kind of scratching their head about. The other thing is, is it's funny that people want to start talking about race engines and production engines and all this stuff. In flat track, you're allowed to take a 650 Kawasaki, bore and stroke at the 750, do anything you want to the crankshaft, do anything you want with valve size, cylinder head flow, valve spring, cams, pistons, whatever you want. You basically can take the engine, turn it upside down, dump everything out that's inside of it, and completely start over, as long as you ran the homologated cases, cylinder heads, and cylinders. And if you wanted to run something that is aftermarket, you basically were allowed to do it as long as it was available and it was relatively in a good price range. Kind of like what Vance and Hines did with their motorcycle. They ran aftermarket cylinder heads, meaning they ran their own custom cylinder heads. So essentially, you want to talk race-only only engine, you're taking a production engine and making it race-only engine because 
you can do whatever you want to inside of it. So the other thing was is that the Indian motorcycle was the only motorcycle that was a race-only engine-slash-motorcycle, but it was production-made, meaning you could go to an Indian dealership, buy that motorcycle for forty dollars or $50,000, depending on what kind of deal you got, and walk out with the title and the motorcycle, and you could take it straight to the racetrack that weekend and put it on the front row. Right. And it has, and it was done this year. You can, When you talk to Davis Fisher in a little bit, you can basically ask him that, same exact question. When he went to Calistoga, he fast qualified it. He took the bike that basically came to him, rolled it in his garage, put his suspension, I believe, on it, number plates, and I believe he fast qualified Calistoga. So that's the other argument is like these guys went out and not only provided a, a really good race motorcycle, race engine, but complete race motorcycle to everybody too. So it's a little bit of a bitter thing that they spent a lot of time and money and effort and came in with their guns loaded and did what every manufacturer would have loved to do, which go into a sport and dominate and do well. They did it, and now because of that, they're getting a little bit of re- 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 repercussion over it. You know, that's Yeah, okay, you could say we're not doing anything to them, but we're allowing everybody else to do this. This could be like the Dallas Cowboys going to play the Patriots this weekend, and Oh, because you guys have a rough season going, Dallas Cowboys, you get to have two more players on the field. But we're not going to do anything to you Patriots. You guys can keep running your same plays, same thing, keep doing what you're doing, but you guys get to, do, get to have two extra players on the field, you know? You know, So it's unfair. Well, I've heard that they have a plan B already in place in case this doesn't slow down Indian, in case Indian continues to win. And that is next year, if in case you guys do win out this, this next season, the year after you'll be required to use the original Indian wrecking crew. <laughs> it'll be it'll be tough to find some of those guys. There's and, two of them, and I know exactly where they are, and I've met them, and I've talked to both of them. I think they're ready it'd be to hard go. To, it'd be we hard to ask Jared to sit down. I would imagine. Well, he'd be automatically become the race team manager. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Again, this is this is a political issue for sure on all sides of the, the of the equation, Jared. And you guys are absolutely within your bounds to vocalize and express your opinions. Again, given that the Indian did exactly what a manufacturer is supposed to do, give you the racer, the most competitive package, you then returned the favor and did what you're supposed to do. Went out and crushed with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's the deal. Is Indian did everything right. They came in, they tested the motorcycle one prior full year before coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went out and hired really good riders, and mechanics, and teams. They just did everything perfect, and, uh, you know, hats off to them. And we got your backup band waiting in the wings to play you off. Jared, we appreciate you joining us again. Congrats on another great year. Ten wins, Thanks, 15 appreciate podiums. It. Outstanding work out of you, my 17. friend. 17. No, 15 this That's year. That's so last year. 17. He only got 15 this year. He was yeah. kind of sucking. Yeah, you can follow along Poor with Jared. the script here, my friend. Jared, thanks, bud. See you, guys. Thank you. There Thank we you. go. Jared Mees heads to the pits. Coming up, Davis Fisher is going to be joining us, AMA Pro Flat Track star. Won't you stay with us? This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Hey, it's Colin Edwards. You're listening to Pit. 
Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers. Every episode of Double Down with Breslow is packed with insider tips, deeply skilled analysis, and in-depth discussions. Don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting. Listen to Double Down with Breslow on the Evergreen Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Double Down with Breslow, the business of sports betting podcast.